Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of the new year, or I think it's our fifth one already. Uh, welcome back to Five Beans in a Pod. We're still missing one pod. He is on his way back from his vacation, so he'll be probably on the next one. Um, I was telling Don, oh, well, I guess Richard introduces us again. <laughs> I'm your host, Pablo. Don Colioni. Oh, shoot, my bad. <laughs> Okay, we got Cito, we got Chapito, we got Daniel again, we got Don Colioni. And uh, yeah, we were talking with Don. And this year, we wanted to uh, to get a lot of people on, you know, make it a more interactive podcast, start doing some interviews, start doing some more, just bring the people involved. You know, that's that's what I see on other podcasts and listen to. So why not start with us? Right and uh, yeah, we got we got a couple people lined up for the interview, but today we have a up and coming actor. He's already starred in a couple uh, theatric films. So, with further ado, we're gonna introduce the other David. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, hey guys, thanks All for right, having man. me Welcome. on. Yeah, man. Welcome to Five Beans in a Pod. If you have a so, uh, actually, while we're now, tell us a little about yourself, bro. Yeah. Um, well, like you said, um, I'm an actor. That's actually how I – that's the that's the main thing that I do. Um, on the side, I also do some directing and producing. Um, if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. Um, I am one of the main producers of Ego Magazine, which just came out, which features a bunch of different artists from like Rye to Moraine, Edmonton artists. And uh, I interview them. I'm one of the main hosts. So yeah, I do journalism. I do acting. I do directing. And uh, I'm also a writer. So I'm kind of all over the map <laughs> in terms of things. But um, yeah, that's that's really where I'm at. Nice, nice. That's cool stuff, man. Thank you. So you like... Um... What's it called? So when did you know, like, acting was, like, for you? Like, when did you know, like, that's what you wanted to do? Oh, yeah. I have one of those uh, weird but cliche stories. Um, Before I was even born, it was just kind of there because um, my parents were actors, like, in high school. Okay. And they did journalism. So that kind of fed into it. And then my dad's brother was actually, like, a, a prominent actor. I'm from Zimbabwe. That's where I was born. So he oh, was, nice, uh, nice. Yeah, he was a pretty big actor there. Like, um, he made a couple big films there, and he starred in a couple of them. So it was just kind of in the family. So growing up, my dad actually introduced me to uh, film training at like around seven, and uh, just been I just stuck with it ever since. Okay. Okay. That's that's actually sick though. Like you actually like, cause I guess it's like something that runs in the family, and you kind of just like, you know, adopted that. Um, what you would call it? I guess talent or skill, and you got to kept going with it. That's pretty cool, man. Like, like a lot of people like they don't really have like, um, I don't know, like when when it comes to figuring out what they want to like do, like like when it comes mm. to pursuing our purpose, like a lot of people they don't really know like how to find that but that's cool that you like you know you were kind of set up that way well it's funny that you say that because even even though i do have that background my parents weren't very supportive of it for a while 
So it's like there was a while where I I grew up like wondering. I was just like, am I really just the black sheep of my family? And then when I started, just kept pursuing it and seeking some success and getting some of it. That's when I actually figured out. Like that's what my parents told me. Like, oh, you know what? Like, there's actually a thing we've all been doing. We just didn't want that for you because you know, coming from a parent of immigrants, they're just like we had to move here and start all over. Right. Yeah, you know, so it's just like we don't know what the future is. So like, yeah, it is weird because I I was one of those people where I was just like, it's so cool, like how so and so has parents that were like hockey players, and he's a hockey player, and I was just like, I'm I'm pretty lame. I don't I don't have anything going on for me. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And... Sorry, are you saying? Oh no, no, go ahead. You're saying? No, I I didn't have anything. I was just finishing that statement off. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah, like, I guess it's just because they just wanted, like, I don't know. Because I guess with parents and stuff like that, they kind of just want, like, what's best for their kids, right? They just want, um, what's it called? The most, I guess, like, how, like, what was their, like, acting career? Like, were they, like, did they start acting back in Zimbabwe or was it just? Uh... It was mostly my uncle that had, like, um, I'd say, like, prominent success with that. But, um both of my parents I, after high school just decided to go into journalism. So they grew up like, you know, thriving within the arts, but then, you know, channeled it within other things. So they, they were pretty good with journalism. They were, um, that's actually why we left Zimbabwe was because they were journalists that, you know, uh, spread a lot of the truth that was going around. And so, yeah, that's kind of what it was like for them. So I think for them, with everything moving here and having to start all over again, it was kind of like, we don't want that uh, same thing for you. Because my mother, her interpretation of what I would be in the future was going to be a doctor. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, or something like that. Like yeah, and I'm like, man, like, I can't do that. I can I can score 100% on a social studies test, but on a math test, it's, <laughs> I can't do that stuff. I'm, I'm a performer, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where it's at. Yeah, honestly, that's actually that's what it is. That's what that's what it's about. Like you know, just pursuing like um, like what you actually want to do. Like what's you know, like I feel like everybody ha has a purpose, and it's like you gotta like like not find that purpose, but the purpose finds you in a way. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's true, and also you'll find that um, when you when you do things like even like you guys when you continue to keep doing your podcast or maybe you've already even noticed because i don't know exactly how long you've been doing it but like you know when you start doing something even if it's a group thing or even just yourself you start to notice like if you start sticking with it and you get success with it people start to be like hey like how are you doing this and everything like that and it's just like and then you'll realize the best answer you can give is i just stuck with it i didn't give up on it i just gave right. it my all because i had times where I was calling agents in Edmonton and all of them were telling me, no, we don't want you. You're not worth it. I don't think like not mean things, but just being like, we don't, you're, we don't know who you are or anything like that. So I, I kept sticking with it. And then eventually I got, you know, managers that like aren't even in Canada. They're based in LA and New York. Really? You know, it's yeah. It's a team of people. So it's just like, that's the best advice you could, I could give most people is like, if you have something, just stick with it because you don't know, who's going to end up being like, hey, this is actually worth trying out. So then I start to think all those other people that were saying no to me, what I could have done with them, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, my, my question is, is um, 
do you think it's actually harder um, being from Edmonton? I mean, like living from Edmonton, um, living from living in Edmonton, uh, yeah. in places that's like not Vancouver or not Toronto, which is like majority where people do pop off, right? Yeah, you got all these Toronto Raptors moving down to the states. They got record deals now. People from Vancouver, like Toronto and Vancouver, the big names of Canada. But do you think it's that plays a part in what you're trying to do? You know, it, it it's like the general belief, in in a sense, yes, it does. But um, you start to find that if you are, um, how's the best way that I can say this? Uh, if you've given so much time to a sense like, because for me, like I've been acting for a very long time and I have a lot that I can hold back on it. So for me, it doesn't, it actually benefits me that I'm living in a small place because uh, especially going through high school, there's not a lot of male black actors that are out here or female black actors that are out here. You'll find a very weird um, general gap in age when it comes to black actors in Edmonton you'll find some that are like you'll find black male actors that are 45 and then like eight of them are 45 two of them are 17 maybe one is below 10 you know whether white actors you have like 17 of every age group you know and even first nation actors as well and like stuff like that so like in a way you would think that's um that's um that's a downside and it, it is because you don't get as many um main parts about you but here's the thing when there is a part about you there's not as much competition if i go to toronto there's a million other black guys that look like me that that's immediate competition even in vancouver as well like you know it may not be as many black people as toronto but still there's more competition whether here in the mid um in the midwest in canada where there's less um, less people of color, it's actually it works for me personally because then I can just, especially with the managers that I have, I can knock down certain doors and be like, okay, you ready? You know, you need me in a sense yeah. <laughs> is what it gets down to sometimes. And I, I've gone that to some to an extent where sometimes where uh, people message me and they're like, okay, yeah, like I wanted you to audition for this. I've um, you got recommended to me. And I'll think to myself, I'm like, was I recommended for my acting or because they're like, oh, I know this black actor that can hold up. Uh, here's David. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it's, it's, it's a weird benefit because it, on the outside, it seems like it's not a benefit at all. It seems like you would not want to do an acting career here. But here's the thing with a lot of plays, you can make a lot of you can definitely get a lot of gigs doing them here um, as a minority. But whether when it comes to film film nowadays it's uh because i do both film nowadays it's a weird landscape because there's the idea of self-tape right like millie bobby whatever millie bobby brown how she got onto stranger things was a self-tape from london and it's an american show and i've i've auditioned for carmen cuba the casting director of stranger things and i've had horrible auditions <laughs> nothing good to say but like um you know and it's like it, it changed that changes everything because if you asked me 10 years ago i would have said oh no it's horrible i'll have to move to calgary or vancouver like what you're insinuating like with the markets out there it's better but when self-taping comes into the mix you can find 
talent in the middle of nowhere and that's where you're seeing with a lot of netflix shows and a lot of movies a lot of these kids are popping out of nowhere like millie bobby brown where it's just like it was a self-tape sent from london and she just had it and they got it they got her for it you know so um and yeah so i don't i don't know it's it's a weird thing but i don't see it as a disparity but i will say this last thing sorry i was rambling but um I will say Edmonton is a bit more of a challenge because it is a bit smaller and Calgary's right there and they film a lot of things in Calgary, Heartland and all sorts of other stuff. So uh, I'm actually planning on eventually making the trip out there and maybe settling some roots. So it it depends on where you are, but it it, long story short with self-taping and technology these days, it, you can almost do acting from anywhere at this point. Yeah, I mean, look at our podcast, man. There's four brothers in one house. We got Don and somewhere else. Yeah. Other be somewhere else. And look at you. Exactly. We're, we're doing it over a call, right? Yeah. Exactly. No, man, that's, that's great. And honestly, like, what you said is true. Um, like, we were talking about before we started recording was um, you said there's there's this market on being on doing podcasts is huge, right? And, yeah, uh, definitely. But that's the thing is we were talking is is we don't like as as what we're doing and we yeah we're fairly new so we're not expecting like yeah to get to pop off real fast or anything but you know we're we are promoting hey guys check our podcast out give us a follow give us a listen and it, you know you sorry can, if you don't what's that oh sorry i was gonna say sorry if you don't mind real quick i was gonna interject um you're saying you don't expect to pop off but here's the thing because i've been doing like uh radio shows for a bit and everything you will that's the that's the that's the best thing about this market is you honestly will, as you keep with it. Yeah, but like I said, we we only been mm-hmm. doing this for what like two months, three yeah. months now, and you know, like I said, we, we we don't expect to just immediately blow up, right? This takes yeah. time. We're starting from the dirt. We don't have that many Instagram followers. We don't have that many. Like I run a a photography page. That's actually how I know you. Um, oh really? Backstory. We actually met at a. You guys is after, <laughs> after party premiere for what was that movie? Um, Fugacious. Fugacious. <laughs> really? Yeah, you were a little you... bit. You were a little bit. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, oh man. You were a little bit under, bro. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's how I met you. Premiere. That's crazy. I met I met Nick Wally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know Christopher Corbett. Yeah. No. Oh man. He's I... the one who, who gave us the in, in the. We did a photo shoot for him. And then okay. he invited us to the movie premiere, the, the movie premiere, but it was the day of my birthday. So I had to do my birthday first. We showed up. That's awesome. So yeah, we did meet. I met the cast. Uh, we, like I said, you're a little bit under, so I don't, I don't, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I believe you forget, but. um. Oh yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I am so sorry for whatever state I was in, but that's, <laughs> I'm so honored you know, that honestly, you came. I'll tell you, this guy was hilarious, bro. <laughs> Even though yeah, it was funny, man. So, I knew what'd you think of the movie? I watched it afterwards. It was it wasn't bad actually. I'm not a movie critic, <laughs> yeah. so I can't tell you. But it, I personally oh, it's I all liked good. it, and like, it's a little weird. I know that you weird. can say yeah, that. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But um, uh, yeah, no, like I said, it's that's how we met. But um, mm-hmm. it's it's that small networking, you know yeah definitely and it's uh that's one thing i like about living here that i can't take for granted because even um when i do things outside of acting when i do my directing like um forming forming the magazine that i've been working on 
all summer, like um, with the rest of the team, you know, it's just those connections. A lot of those connections were made just by tiny interactions like that. Like what you're saying, where you just came to the premiere. Cause I even remember the first time I met Cabral, I was at uh, this, there's this old party house. I'm not going to say it on here just, you know, to protect whoever, I don't, not to protect, okay, I shouldn't say protect <laughs> whoever's person because it's not like whoever owned the house was a great person, but, you know, just privacy to keep things, privacy yeah, hush, hush. Privacy yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. But I remember he was there and, like, I just heard people being like, oh, yeah, this guy's look good and, like, he's a good rapper and blah, blah, blah. And at that time, I was developing my rap show and whatever. And I remember we just made awkward eye contact. And, like, I didn't think much of it, but he remembered that when we talked later. I was just, you know, like, it's funny, weird stuff like that. I'm just oh, like, man, yeah, I, I was wanted so, to talk to me. I was so <laughs> nervous talking to everybody, man. Like, it was, that was my yeah. first big networking. My partner mm. was telling me, oh, don't worry about it. Like, I'm like, yo, bro, you go do, you do the talking, bro. You know what you're talking about. He's like, it's no, not my course. company, it's yours. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just have to, have to buck up, take a shot, and be like, all right, let's do this. So, yeah, yeah no, no, that's a lot of networking. We've been talking, and we said that we find that the support system here oh, yeah. for what we're doing entertainment-wise, acting, podcasting, is kind of hard. Like, it's it's a little bit discouraging. Like I said, um, before I started talking about the backstory was – you know, I posted, I got people who they listen to it and, and shout out to those people who, res, who respond with their feedback and everything. But I tell them, hey, can you share the podcast? Can you, you know, pass it on <laughs> to your friends? And they don't do it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Then I'm like, man, like, all it does, all it is is five seconds for you to screenshot, post it, and that's it. You know? No, totally. I'm I'm guilty of that. We know that. Um, oh, yeah, no, <laughs> no, not dissing you. Sorry, no sneak dissing here. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. So, but even not even with like in in general, just with every even even some of my own projects. I remember when we were promoting Fugacious, like Zach had given me um, the director. Uh, Zach had given me like a, a bunch of flyers. He's like, give them out at uh, Nate at my school when I was going there at the time, and I was just like, yeah, I'll give them out. And then we were hanging out the other time, and then I opened my bag, and he saw them all inside there. And he was like, you didn't hand them all out at all? Like, and I was like, yeah, no, I, I'm sorry, man. I just got, I got caught up. It's, it's, a, it's, a lazy, it's a lazy thing that people get into. But um, it's what, what made me hand them out, though, is him kept, keep hammering me about it. Well, not hammering me, but reminding me, like, hey, you should let those out. Like, it's your movie. You know, and that's how that's that's how you get it. Because um, I remember when I was doing my rap show when I was starting it, like we were we would do it and we would finish it and we'd be like, I'm pretty sure no one heard that or cared about it or even like tuned in. Yeah. And then and then, but when you keep with it, and you keep telling your friends, even when you're annoying them, you're just like, man, just listen, just once, you know. And then you start having good guests on and everything. That's where things start to change because. And a couple months, three months, like four months, we went from having no one listening to us to like getting people like, you know, OG Jonah and Wally and like Rye giving us to like free tickets to their shows just so we could talk about it later or have them on. So it's like, and, and that's the best part about Edmonton is like, we have such an open market here. There's so many people that are so discouraged to not do anything. So it takes those few people like you guys or even like me to decide to be like, hey, why don't we just, why don't we just do it? You know, like, how did you guys decide, like, screw it, let's just do it? Oh, Crazy ass all kind of started. <laughs> well, you know, our boy Don has a uh, a YouTube channel. Yeah. 
Okay. We filmed a couple videos for it uh, together. I did a couple like vlogging with him. And so uh, one day we're just we're sitting at my homeboy's like his his place. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're all just talking, and I said, "Yo, this is good conversation." And I said, hey, "I want to start a podcast." We put the <laughs> phone down. Yeah, started talking, and it was what was like sixty minutes. We shortened it to thirty. We had like sixty something listens, and then our files got corrupted, so we lost wow. that episode. Man, honestly, it wasn't a good episode though. That's what. <laughs> But still, for the first amount of listens, like the sixty yeah, people, oh, yeah. like I said, we've, man, we've seen the support, and we, I, said, mm-hmm. I love the support. I love everybody who listens to this podcast and and you know does their part in sharing it. But there's just some days, man. Like we'll release maybe like you know five days a week will go by, and the views are they're super low. Oh yeah, yeah, and it just gets so discouraging because I'm like, man, I I thought we were doing good. I thought people love to listen, you know. And like yeah. three weeks later, come by and. Oh, we've booped up to like thirty listens. So I mean, it, it, yeah. it's crazy. And and again, I love everybody who's listening. And it's always it's, I'm not gonna say it's always been a dream of mine to be an entertainer, but recently yeah. with with uh, with COVID hitting, you know, there's not much you can do. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, I can't really see everybody else. So and we love to talk. So podcast is the best thing we could yeah. do. And look at us. Ironically, I was actually yeah. like, uh, I was actually not even on board to do it. And then he kind of just talked me into it. And then I was just kind of like, <laughs> I thought about it some more. That's always how it yeah. works. Yeah. That's always how the best, like, partners get added to the group. Is they're always like, nah, man, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to convince them. Like, no, I gotta, I gotta that's always the best initiation. Every day, like, when we have to film, like, hey, guys, let's go. Let's go shoot a video. Whew. But it's, uh, and when they do, start, no, when they do start talking, man, they give some good conversation. So, oh, yeah. And it, and it goes by so fast. Like, look, where are you about? Uh, 30 minutes minus what five, so 25 minutes in, and good conversation. We can keep going, and the only thing yeah. is time, right? So, definitely, but uh, that's crazy. I wanted so I want so you guys shot Fugazi. Um, what did you he said a word earlier? I totally forgot what he said. The way it was shot, uh, Fugacious. Fugacious, yeah, but the way it was shot, like you, you said, you used yourself said it was weird, so like. Explain. Oh yeah, it was weird. Um, the thing is, is uh, the way the movie. So if I can explain, so the explanation I'll give is just because I've worked behind the scenes. Well, not behind the scenes like an editing per se or stuff like that, but like uh, I was close with Zach, the director, you know, on a very personal level. So the way we like, so I'll I'll, I'll try and make it short. <laughs> so I could explain why it's so weird, but like the way I met Zach is, uh, I went to Victoria High School, okay, and uh, yeah, for the uh, for the uh, for the arts, and on my first year, grade ten, at the end of the year, there were signs all over the school. This kid saying he's producing a movie, he wants actors for for it, and it was Zach, you know, director, and I got into that movie, so we had that early relationship of working, and that movie was. Um, I don't want to get too personal about his personal life, but that movie was like a personal thing for him. And it was like twisted and construed from certain things that he knew about and like experience and dramatic stuff that was added to it. But that was our first time working together. And it was like the type of film where like there was a lot of stuff going. I had to like die. There was a teenage pregnancy, a lot of crazy stuff. So that's just how he like writes in a sense. He's He's someone that's just like, I want to write something that's just like, 
going to make me feel like this is uncomfortable. How do I get out of this per se? But um, so when it came to Fugacious, he, we, like, I'm not going to lie here. Some kind of psychonauts sometimes, like, um, if you don't know what that is, like, psychedelics, you know, sometimes we dabble. Exactly, exactly. So, like, he, um, he's one that was, um, I would say is a pretty, pretty strong one. He, he, he dabbles. So, um, um, that's, that's where a lot of the, like, if you, if you've ever seen, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. In my opinion, there's two ways to really watch it. And there's only two ways to, like, if you've ever watched it these two ways, then you can actually say you've watched the movie. And it's watching it sober and then watching it on acid. You know what I mean? So there's <laughs> there's certain movies, and it's a type of genre, you know, like, with these movies where it's just like... And I felt that's what Fugacious was, because even filming it, like, we were... I had... A crazy I was going through a crazy time in my life with personal right. stuff, you know, as typical with actors, you know, I had like crazy stuff going on with um with that. Tom had his own things going on, my co-star on the film. And Zach was just our director to shoot. So we would have so what days would look like is like you wake up early in the morning, you're having your fight with your girlfriend or whoever it is or your family or something you're looking at your lines you you're hung over probably from the night before of being upset from the night before about something zach picks us up we go and we go and shoot out in the woods in the middle of nowhere for i think eight or six hours and and you're thinking about like all the personal stuff you're dealing with and then you're playing these characters like the characters we were playing like had a lot of crazy stuff that they're going through like some of the same stuff that we mirrored like stuff that they were dealing with their girlfriends and then you're you're dealing with your own stuff mm-hmm. with your girlfriend and then like their addictions and then your addictions and then their like problems with their families and their and your problems with their your family and and it was crazy because zach was just filming and we were filming it fragmented as well so that meant like we weren't filming in chronological order so some days would show up on set and he's like hey this is what we're doing and some of the scenes would be doing would be like is would be would start from mundane as okay we're gonna be driving down the highway from Sherwood Park for like two hours get some improvised dialogue in the car you know to okay so there's gonna be a killing scene the rape scene is um, two hours from now and then after that we're gonna have the sex scene so you guys ready okay let's shoot so you know so when you shoot like that yeah so like especially when you have a crazy script it's just like things come out weird and especially some of the choices we made because we started out i think the first week of filming it was just like everyone's embarrassed and you and that's what happens with a movie because like even like we were close we the first film that's what i was explaining why we did it it was this exact same cast um the female lead was playing my girlfriend that i had the teenage pregnancy with and tom my co-star was playing my best friend and it was um it was a bit more of a pg scenario okay. type of thing but then this this one this is like two or three years later we've been friends and we've um, we've shot a lot of other stuff together here and there and uh, uh, sorry one second sorry um, we had been shooting a lot of sorry my ear phone is 
Sorry about that. We'd been shooting a lot of other movies in between with um, some other guys. Um, and I can explain that in a second, who those other people are. Uh, but um, And then we get to this movie, and Zach had been working on it for so long. And he's like, okay, so this is how we're going to do it. So we have, so basically dumbing it down is we had that chemistry from the last couple of movies we'd worked together and shorts and stuff like that. And we also went to high school together. So we would do plays together. So the acting never stopped that we had together. We did like crazy stuff. The three of us, um, me, Tom and Cassie, that's the, um, she's the female lead. We did a play where we played survivors of a school shooting. Wow. Vic. And that was an intense play. Yeah. Like, and we did that for like a while. It went on for like, I think it was two years. We had to do that thing. So you have our closeness as a cast and then you have our personal lives and then you have this crazy script. So it can, it comes out pretty crazy weird because it's a weird script. It's a weird. And um, like you said, when you watch the movie, it's a weird movie. It's definitely, there's some elements there that even when I watched it, I was like, and that was the crazy thing watching it is because I didn't even know what to yeah, expect. So you're saying I should watch it under the influence. I might get it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, and I don't know if you guys know about Fear and Loathing, but watch that movie too as well. Like <laughs> those, yeah, it's it's definitely that type of movie where I would say, if I can explain real quick, because I don't want to ramble too much. No, I I rambled already. The reason why it's like, when I think of it like acid, is like the first half of the movie is like coming up on acid in a sense of like this confusion. It's weirdness. Like on a psychedelic, you're like, what's going on? I feel like there's some things going, there's some elements here that are weird. And then the second half of the movie is just complete chaos and construction, destruction and weirdness and crazy psychedelic like images. It's a very visual movie. So it's like, that's like the peak per se. So, and, and that's exactly how fear and loathing works in a lot of other um, psychedelic movies I've seen. It's like, it's, it's a trip. So it's like watching it sober is the best part because you're already like, this is really freaking weird. That's the, that, we already got you there. <laughs> okay, all right. So, maybe not acid. Maybe. But also not to say you don't have to watch it on acid. You can also just watch it. I don't want to <laughs> discourage you. <laughs> People are going to go watch the movie. They're like, man, I have to find my acid. <laughs> so, so this is for eight Yeah. No, 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 no. So. Yeah, viewer description. Yeah. This for <laughs> But uh, no, man, that's cool, and, and like, uh, I'm I'm glad you're happy with what you're doing, man, and, and you know the best for you too. Um, thank you. Let me see. Uh, so you have Fugazi. That was one of your projects. Um, you also have done some other. You've done like two more films, correct? Yeah, I, I have a Awake. That was the first movie I filmed with uh, Zach, which I talked a bit about. Uh, and then uh, trying to remember, there, there's some that were unreleased. But uh, on my IMDb, what I have there is uh, I did a movie. Oh, yeah, there's this one. Uh, I'm actually pretty happy about. Uh, it's called Equilibria. And the star of the film, she's actually, she's been on supernatural um what else has she been on recently i think she's going to be on say, oh, that's, that's like my favorite show yeah, yeah i mean 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, her name is uh I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this. Her name is Skylar Radzian. She's from Edmonton. She went to St. Joe's. That's insane. Um I don't know why I had to add that, but just to you know, to make it more yeah, like right. homey, you know, to understand it. Yeah. But uh the way I met her was crazy because that's how I got into the film with her. Because the movie was about this girl and she has depression and and the way it manifests in this movie is it's um, her mental health, the way it manifests is there's two monsters. There's one that's um, completely evil and there's one that's completely good. And the completely evil one represents her depression. The completely good one obviously represents her, like trying to fight it. And so it, it's kind of a horror movie in a sense. And uh, I played her boyfriend. And the way I got that movie was pretty crazy because uh, I had read with a year before there's this uh director here in edmonton his name is dylan pierce he's made a movie that's uh that's gotten some awards uh i forget the name of it but it, he he reached out to me because i had him um i was at this workshop and he got in touch with me he reached out to me and he said i have this script i have a few other people i want to read with um you should come down to my studio and we'll read it together i was like yeah of course definitely I go down there and Skylar's the first person I meet and we're reading together. So in this script, it's another horror movie and I'm playing this bank robber and the son of another bank robber. And we go to, it's a job gone wrong. Yeah. And we go to this like abandoned shack and we meet this like ghost, like this crazy stuff. But she anyways plays one of the ghosts that seduces me. So we're kind of like love interests. And there's so like, we read well together and, she, she, I guess, remembered and liked my reading. I thought I did horrible. So she was producing this movie and directing it. Um, her next thing, the depression one, the one about depression. And she sought out to me. And she's like, I would want you to play my boyfriend. I think you'd do really good. And yeah, I was like, yeah, of everybody's and boyfriend. Just huh? like... <laughs> <laughs> See, you know, it's funny. I, that was the only boyfriend role I've ever done. I, no, actually, that's not true. I've, I've done a few. But I usually play like it's never... It's never glamorous. I always play the angry, like, there's always something screwed up. Either my girlfriend's dying, or I'm dying, or she's trying to kill me. Just the toxic <laughs> Something screwed up like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's never anything normal like in Prince Charming, no. Hey, soon, man. <laughs> but soon, she, soon, one day. But she, she, anyway, she got me for this, and we, we had a great relationship. Like, shooting, she was like, she was like a mentor to me. Right. She's been doing this for a while. And yeah, so we shot Equilibria and it was all shot in Edmonton. It's on uh, Story Hive and on YouTube. You can you can watch it. And yeah, she's she's gone on with her career. She's doing stuff out in Vancouver. She lives up there now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's one of the movies I'm definitely proud of and uh, definitely other projects out there because as much as I love acting, I, you know, I try and use my other hats as well. Oh, that sounds cool. I think we might have to check it out. It sounds like a good movie. Yeah, I'm going to check that out, for real. What is it called? And, uh, yeah, it's pretty short. Uh, Equilibria. I can uh, yeah, message yeah, we'll it to you guys. It to we'll, uh, we'll probably even link I this all in the, in, the, yeah, in the description. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. Nah, man, cool. That's cool. Awesome. I think, yo, we might have to start hanging out once more COVID, you know, leaves. And uh, you'll be able to introduce us to these big people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, I would love to do that. Um, I would so, love to do that. I, this is kind of a a dumb question, but how has COVID affected your uh, ability, you know, to shoot, 
and to any, any projects coming up? Like, has, has it stopped it? I know we said that you can self-tape and send that too, but, you know, it's not the same with being around people and, you know, having that interactions when you're in your auditions, right? Yeah, it's it, it affects everything because um, with acting, I had this gig in October and uh, it was a theater gig and we were supposed to be outside uh doing the show and i i got really sick and traditionally with theater it's just that they I, they even trained me with this in, in vic like you you swallow your snot and you hope you just perform well that i'm not even kidding i remember we had a <laughs> uh, uh what's the name of it a vocal person come in, like a vocal coach or something. And she literally taught us like a trick that they'll do sometimes going on stage if they're too congested, a way to swallow the snot in your sinuses so that you can sing and project for the time that you're on stage. So like, so traditionally that's how, but with COVID, as soon as you get a sniffle or anything, you're done. That's it. So that's what happened to me. Even though I had a contract sign and everything, it just got to a point where they're just like, listen, we can continue paying you for the time that you were supposed to be here, but we cannot have you on set. We cannot have you risking anybody. And I only, I, I had to, I got to do opening night and that was my last night, my first and last night. I rehearsed for, I think a month and a bit and I only wow. performed once. That's so unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, that was rough. And it was, it was a big performance for me. There was a lot of crazy stuff in it, in that show the playwright i'd been working with a lot so and yeah it's it's changed everything because even right now i'm currently auditioning for another show coming up and a lot of theaters turning more into film because they're just like well we can't have audiences why don't we just film it and then a lot of film because i also direct like and even that magazine that i made this summer um ego magazine like shooting that was like having a hernia because it was we had to have contracts to make sure that we weren't liable if anyone got sick and on top of having those contracts we also had to do training ourselves to make sure that we are legally allowed to be shooting during the pandemic then on top of that you have to also do what the studio is telling you wherever you're shooting if they say you can't have these many people you can have this many people so it's it's a weird it's a weird thing because you would think a lot of film takes off and it does, but it's like that Tom Cruise video. I don't think it's right. That Tom oh, Cruise is yelling that. at people like that, that. But you understand <laughs> his fuss, right? But you understand his frustration because it's just like, man, like it is hard to be able to be even get a studio that's saying like, okay, you are allowed to shoot A, B, C, and D. We right. don't know you. We'll trust you. And then, you know, like, so it's, 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 it's difficult, but for an actor, for me, since I have a management team and a lot of the other stuff that I don't have, like I either seek it out or, and then I can choose for myself if I want it or not. It hasn't affected me as much. It, it's just self-taping hasn't changed for me. It's just, I guess now the tricky part is uh, last, last time my manager messaged me saying, okay, you might go to New Zealand. You should check on your passport. 
and then I was looking at the passport expedition, <laughs> expediting stuff, and it's just like, yeah, with COVID, everything is screwed up. So it's just like, I guess that's one thing, but I haven't booked anything yet, so I can't really complain about that. Well, hopefully it gets over yeah. soon, right? Because, like, again, I, I do photography on the side. That's how it's all pretty much started. And uh, finding the people who are down to shoot during this pandemic. And, like, I used to do it for money because I didn't have a job, so I was doing yeah. it for money, and, you know, it was, it was pretty good pay. Uh, I feel like I undercharged a lot of people actually talking to Chris. He said that uh, in Vancouver, um, a headshot, one photo costs like $400 and more than that. Man, oh, I, yeah, was, I was charging people like 40 bucks. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, dangerous. So I mean, oh my God. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, I got a job now, so there's no need for make extra money like that but mm-hmm. yeah just trying to find people who who are down and you know make i'm not sick and, they're not sick. and you know what i relate to you i, I relate to you about the 40 dollars charger because i've even caught myself with i've done plays where i'm just like drastically underpaid and i'm working for three months on something and i'm getting paid like less than you know I don't want to talk wages, but, you know, like a less than a figured out amount. But you do. Yeah, it, like you I said, it, right? well, That's I had a bad either. incident with, with one client. Exactly. You yeah. know, she tried not to pay me and whatnot. And I, maybe there was a miscommunication, but yeah, I won't really? get into it for legal reasons. Like, <laughs> I don't want her to come back to me and be like, I doubt, she, you know what? I doubt she listens to this podcast. So, uh, you yeah. know, I, I let her know, like, hey, yeah, you know, I'm a, I don't edit the photos unless you guys want me to. As you know, Photoshop takes way too long. Mm-hmm. And, I only know the basics, so anything oh, crazy, you know, that's obviously going to be money. Uh, as well as, you know, me driving exactly. to the location if they need a ride there, and right. that's money. Uh, SD cards and all that, that's money. So, yeah, I got yeah it's all money. That's and I told you, like, hey, 35 bucks go. to $40. We take the shoot, everything. She agrees to the initial amount. Uh, I go, I say, hey, look, this is an edited photo. And this is a non-edited photo. Which one do you prefer? She goes off. So you're, <laughs> you're editing my photos without my permission. You're just trying to get extra money, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my goodness. I said, yo, that's not how it works. I'm showing you one photo. Like, if you like to edit it, I can edit the rest. And it'll be like $5 extra. If you don't want them edited, that's fine. Right. Nah, she went off. And I told her, you know what? Yo, take your photos. I hope that you never have to do this for money. Because... You know, people like you are the reason yeah. people stop or just like give up on everything, right? Right. Oh yeah, I see a lot of you guys, photographers, like always posting like this is what you don't do, and some of the stuff I see, oh, yeah. like, people are doing that. Like, like, the, people the reason I started photography was because my auntie's a photographer. She did weddings. She did this. Yeah. Same thing happened to her, and she stopped. After that, she stopped. She kind of gave up on doing it, and. You know, it wow. it makes you feel bad because you're like people love to do this, and you know it it sucks that people are trying to rip you off. And like I said, especially if you're doing it as your source of income, like you know you don't want to go to someone's job yeah. and be like, oh, you did this wrong, so we're cutting your wage, right? No, with those jobs where you're giving to someone else, like even with podcasting, you guys will have probably felt this or will feel this, and I know I felt this with my radio show. Is like. It would get to a certain extent where it's just like, okay, I'm doing it for cheap or I'm doing it for free or whatever because I want to learn more or like get better at it. And then people, unfortunately, take advantage of that because I even had certain people where I'm just like, 
I would tell my the rest of my team, I'm just like, okay, I know we're at this party and we're networking right now and everyone's having a lit time. They're never coming on the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just like, that's just not happening because I'm just right. not going to be treated that way. You know, like for stuff like that, like why, why give your time? Yeah. And like I said, we, stuff like we're that. happy that we mm-hmm. have found people who are down to be interviewed. Like we appreciate you so much. Uh, being on the show, uh, we have Nawali coming on next week. We've got a couple people in the fashion industry, uh, starting up their own, you know, awesome. clothing line, their own YouTube up and coming. Hopefully, some more artists. But uh, yeah, no man, it's like I said, like we talked before, it's it's kind of crazy, and it, and it hurts to see that even though we're doing our best and we're giving it our hundred percent, you know, people don't see how it is behind the scenes, right? Right. All the all the editing all the yeah. promoting we have to do ourselves because yeah. you know I'm not going to pay anybody to go promote my stuff and we're not making money to go pay Instagram to promote exactly. either right so mm-hmm. no it's it's the pain but it's also sometimes it's the funnest part when it when it comes to the end when things start connecting together it, you know if if it works out so well because um yeah, I know. I, I definitely know that pain. Like with this magazine over the summer, I wasn't the main producer, but um, we, along with the main producer, we were figuring out a lot of different things. And it's just that it's the worst part being in that point where you're just like, okay, I wonder what's going to happen. Is this actually going to connect with people? Is it going to go enough? Or like maybe not enough people are listening. Is this going to make it better? But you know, it, it always ends up working out especially here because i've i noticed it when i would when i did that radio show like it, i didn't go into it i, I kind of did it on a fluke urban zoo um because uh i had just been talking with a bunch of friends in class and they had told us they're like okay nate students you can have a, a radio show it can be like an hour or two hours and everyone had already signed up and there's one more slot left and it was the last slot on Monday night and it's two hours because it's a Monday night. Who's going to listen in? So I was like, okay, I'll take that slot. And then I was just like, okay, who likes to listen to rap? And then a couple guys were like, yeah, okay, I like rap. And then we just meant to do it to talk, you know? And then all of a sudden, I'm n- now I'm joining and making a magazine with a, cu- a couple of friends on it and like using urban zoo as like the slogan for it. It's just like, yeah, it's, 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 it, it's almost fun being in that point of wondering of just like, <laughs> you know, like, is this going to work out or something? Because it, it like, it's when it does work out, you almost want to go back the journey to that of point, it all, like hey? where you're at, where you're just yeah. like, okay, like exactly. Yeah. You want to go to where you are in the mid journey to be like, bro, Right. It's, it's gonna be lit. Yeah, and like, man, doing this <laughs> podcast, honestly, you know. like, I know we talk like, oh, we wish we had more views and all that, but it's just fun. Man. It's like, fun, yeah. I actually enjoy mm-hmm. it. Like, like sitting here, we talk for an hour. We can keep yeah. going, but you know what I mean. Like, we sit for there for an hour. We talk about whatever comes to mind. We even have like, um, again. Mm-hmm. So you asked, like, oh, do you guys have any questions for us? But the thing is, we don't want to make it staged, right? And so every question we came up with yeah, was it just felt totally. too state. So I said, Yeah, we'll keep talking with them. We'll see, you know, if something comes up, oh, I got a question mm-hmm. about this. And so it just makes the conversation so much natural. Yeah. And like and it's man, it's fun. And exactly. like again, 
you know, hopefully, God willing, like by the end of this year. So we're huge. You know what I mean? And not, mm-hmm. not to the point where we got like uh, like millions <laughs> yeah, of followers, definitely. but you know, decently enough that I can be like, well, guys, I'm the creator of Five Beans in a Pod. Here are my co-stars. You know what I mean? Right. And everybody will know it. So that's Only up, that's something man. big. And, and again, man, I appreciate you so much for being on the podcast and and for you know talking about you know the ins and outs of being an actor. And yeah, man. Definitely. Okay, so you said you're a director. So we want to know your five top movies of all oh, time. Yeah. We, we got to hear this. We, hear we talked about the last podcast, but we want to know oh, your man. top five all-time movies. Okay. Five-time all-time movie. Uh... All right. Well, my favorite movie is uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That's... That's a given. That is my favorite movie of all time. Um, hmm. Okay, the rest I'm going to list, but it's not necessarily in order. I'm just giving out names here. Yeah. I'd have to say... It's a movie I watched recently here. I really like... Uh... See, it's the what? You can you can also What's say it called? Uh, fear and loathing and no no I already said that <laughs> my own oh no <laughs> no <laughs> I'm in them of course not <laughs> uh, I was gonna say I almost said fear and loathing in Las Vegas again uh, once upon a time in Hollywood uh, is definitely a second that is something I connect to uh, I'd say a third would have to be. Uh, I think uh I think the James Brown with uh Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I I really enjoyed that one. I I love biopics a lot. So, yeah, there's that and uh I also enjoy Goodfellas. Classic. Classic movie and uh Moonlight. Moonlight, oh, really, it's like, like especially in Great Twelve. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Let me so tell I, you about Moonlight. I was up <laughs> when my – I got to call him Professor now because he, he got his um, his master's. My professor at the time at this mm. camp, uh, campus high, at Center High, he uh, said we're going to watch the movie and do a film study on it. And, uh, you know, I grew up. In a very, how do I say this? Um, you know, like macho. You know what I mean? So. Oh yeah, no man. And, I grew up seventh day. And so you know, the people around me, you know, they're not. You know, they're very uh, hood. So watching that movie, yeah. You know, in the class, I was like, man, this movie sucks. This movie, you know, and all that. I rewatched it afterwards. After yeah. he explained it all and everything, and I rewatched it, and I, was like, I was like, "This movie is freaking amazing, man!" <laughs> yeah, it touches you, and uh, that's so funny—the experience you had with it. Because, like I said, I went to Vic, right? So the experience I had with it is everyone was going down the halls, being like, "This is the best movie ever." <laughs> you know what I mean? And even, especially me included. Oh yeah, completely opposite. I and. 
especially for me as a black actor, like watching that movie was revolutionary because they normalized dark black actors. And I'm not, I, I, I say I'm dark. I've been told I'm not that dark. I don't know. I'm also like to be the type of black person that doesn't like to make that a thing black the shade of like i'm just black (laughs) like it shouldn't matter exactly it shouldn't matter dark light whatever albino i'm black so uh, but either way like seeing that normalized in that movie and especially like gay black men and like you know feminine black men because like even for me like i moved here um for grade nine i'm from toronto i grew up in toronto like my whole life and well, not my whole life, but most of my life, like a good chunk of it. And I moved out here and I thought I was going to start high school because in Toronto, grade nine is high school. But over here, they have to be weird. So it's it's junior high. And I was, you know, I it, it was just a completely different culture shock on everything because yeah. I came from I a feel super that, yeah. Christian background, you know, and all that stuff. So acting for me back then was always something I kind of had to like, just be like, oh, like, it's just like, I think I got made fun of a lot for it. Like a lot of people were like, I, I was, a lot of people thought I was gay and like made it a bad thing. Like, not that it is a bad thing, but like, I'm just not. So yeah. Yeah. We, all, we also <laughs> grew up to, in like, a different time, man. Like, yeah. Exactly. So I had to, I had to answer that like constantly. And my parents were really good about it because they were just like, well, you're good at this thing. Why be embarrassed about it? And it eventually like became a thing that like I worked past, but I remember like coming here, my designated school was Ainley. And you didn't go there, man. Yeah. And then I know I was going to move back to Toronto and then my family were like, okay, you can't move back to Toronto. So you have to stay in Edmonton. And I was like, Ainley. And then I was like, I'm not cut out for that school, man. I'm not going to do well there. I said, mm-hmm. okay, I need to go to an art school. There's an art school here. And, you know, I went to Vic. And just long story short, just seeing that movie and just seeing, like, them normalize. Because like, in the black culture as well, like, I'll find with my white friends and their families, it's not a weird thing to say, oh, I like acting. And I, I like feel that, bro. And music and hearing singers and and dancing like they're always just like oh that's so cool that's introspective but like when i talk to black families about it they're just like oh so you're not yeah that's literally what it is (laughs) oh so you're gay (laughs) oh so you're this it's just like okay wow it was so what if i sat my pants and become a rapper it's totally fine and like (laughs) you know what do you think Chadwick Boseman was doing? Even Tupac, they did ballet. They did like dance class. They like they they you know like to be an artist, you have to be in touch with your feminine side yeah. to a certain extent, you know, like or you know. So and it shouldn't even be about like oh it's my feminine side, but like it should. So yeah, that's what I liked about the movie. They just he was a man's man. Like you see the the grown version yeah. of him, he's a gangster. Like he's cold as hell. Like you would never step <laughs> on him, but you don't know that he's gay. <laughs> that doesn't cross yeah. your mind. That's another thing. I was like, you know, as a, as a fellow, you know, black guy, like, I feel that, like, you know, in the black community, it's just like, you're expect. it's like we're expected mm-hmm. to do one thing. You got to be a rapper or play basketball or, like, or it depends on, you know? Yeah, it's, there's just such weird high expectations. Because you're either expected to be that like, too. Yeah, super religious or you're going to do extremely well in. 
economics or be a doctor or something like that and then if it's not that if it's going to be the arts then it's just like okay so what do you like rap are you a break dancer it's just like you can't have something like no i'm just kind of an actor have you ever like what if you went to ainley and you what happened with like if you went there if your career would still be the exact same I think my career would oh, be yeah. better. They're an elite school, if aren't anything. they? 100% better. I don't think because of the school, but I think because I would have to... Because the different thing about the drama program at Vic, where I think it kind of soiled me in a sense, was it was an extremely good drama program. I think the other program mm-hmm. that was rivaling us was Scona. You know, we, we had a huge rivalry with them with acting and stuff like that and musicals. So, like... We we had a great program, and the thing is, I did pretty well from a young age, and I only ended up doing better. So, like, I was kind of one of the favorites of you know teachers and stuff. So, like, I didn't even a lot of times I didn't even think I was bad. Really, I only really started thinking I was bad until I graduated high school and be like, oh, okay, I messed up that audition or that. But like, I had so much hype, you know, for stuff like that. I was just like, okay, I'm good. You know, it's gonna be fine. And that's not even to like sound like right arrogance or anything but that's just how it was it was like i was one of the few black actors i was new i had all this overzealous energy mm-hmm. and i didn't know anything and i was like i'm just ready and it, it worked out for me in that sense but i think if i went to ainley where it would have been better is that the drama program didn't have as much money we didn't have like in vic we had this massive theater like massive you know what i mean so it's just like i learned to perform on a massive stage in how to hold an audience on a massive stage if I went to Ainley, like, whether regardless if the stage is big or not, big and, you know, big or not, most of the school's money is going to sports and everything like that. So the drama program is probably just, yeah, like, just people look past it, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's probably really good people in it, you know? There's extremely good people in it, but they're probably even better for the sake that they're not in it. Like, in Vic, you would find a lot of people joining drama because... It was like because in Vic, where it was different because we didn't have sports, the jocks were interesting. the actors. That's an interesting dancers. kind of dynamic there, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, it's, it was so really weird. Yeah, that, those were it's our like jocks. An upside like, down world. The film kids were the nerds. Exactly, yeah. The, the film kids were the nerds and stuff like that. So, like, you know, so that's the version that we had of it. So it's just like a lot of people join drama yeah. for the sake of things. Like, oh, I get to go to the drama because you want girls, after parties. Literally, <laughs> you, you, you did you did drama if exactly, you wanted girls. Yeah. And then who's if you wanted girls? Exactly right. But the thing is with Ainley, it was just like if you actually wanted to impress people, like I don't know what it, but from the way it looks like, because I had friends there, it was just like. Well, you better be good at sports because if you're good at sports, it, people might pay attention to you. you. You know what I mean? So, like, I think I would have done better because I would have been in a program where no one would have paid as much attention right. to it and I would have worked harder, I guess, because I, it's something I always wanted. So, right. I, I think I would have had, I would have been more disciplined if I had went to Ainley. But I, I, again, like I said, it's not cut out for me. I have a crazy <laughs> personality. I'm have a wild you... person. So. <laughs> I don't know experience where like someone way. had told you like you like you're not gonna make it and then like you always had that thought in the back of your brain all the time all the time my own parents say that like all the time like that's been my whole life like everyone has said that I've had so many people say that and 
This is the point now. I think when I was 12, I already was like, Yeah, then you have <laughs> such a thoughts. And then now that you look back, you're like, you're like, wow, like, what was yeah. I thinking? Yeah, no, no. I, I've, that's a weird thing about me, and it's like conceited or not. If it comes off that way, I've never had doubts about my acting. I've had doubts about my acting in the sense of if I've performed well, or if I deserved to be in something, or if I even deserved to have the attention or praise of something. I've I've questioned that stuff. That's for sure. But the steps that I've made and where I'm going and like my drive to where I want to get to, it's. You, you can't question it because then I think if you question it, then you don't belong. Right. I rate that mentality you, though. You yeah. That confidence. You know, exactly. The, the, the person that wins the Oscar, if they say that, oh, I really didn't expect. Let me give you an example. Like my manager, my last tape I sent to him, I had made some bold choices, which an actor speak is basically I just went off script mm-hmm. and I did some things that weren't asked for in the script. You know, and he was just like, dude, those were funny. I really liked those choices. Those were enchanting. And I remember messaging him back. I was like, hey, I thought those were shit, but thanks anyway. And he didn't say anything back. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, why did you say that? He's your manager. He's counting on you. And if you're telling him that you think that whatever you're doing is crap, even though he's praising it, it's just like, so you're just doing this blindly. You don't even have like, you know, any sort of, you know, uh, backing for yourself like you you don't have any like okay i think i'll do this you 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 don't have any pride you know in it and he didn't say that but that's what i was thinking of it and that's where i think with with um stuff whether whatever career you're doing is like acknowledge that Mm -hmm. okay if things are shit or things aren't working out but if you actually want to strive don't get to a point where you're saying i shouldn't be doing this or whatever because then yeah maybe you shouldn't if you're thinking that you know, and I've had things like that. Like I recently, you know, dropped out of my program because those were the deaths I was having. <laughs> I was just like, I can't be doing this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why am I doing it then? I should probably leave. Yeah, let's end it. Yeah. Um. I like. I mean, I I have some embarrassing stories of like things that I wanted to be. Um, you know, it's just. And well, like when I was younger, I wanted to be a garbage truck, like not even the garbage men, just the garbage truck by itself. (laughs) And like it was just, I had that mentality to be a garbage truck since I was like 10. I don't know why, but it just happened. And now he eats everything in the house, so it's okay. Hey, hey, hey. And just, just now, like, <laughs> thinking about it, I was like, what, like, what a crazy mentality I have. And then, like, now I just want to be a teacher. I don't know why. I just want to be a teacher for it. From garbage truck to teacher, bro. Teacher. <laughs> to teacher. I want to know what the connection for that is because I feel Word. like there's some strong meaning in that. For sure, yeah. There's some but, connection we just no, can't see. No, going back to you, man, that that mentality, you know, that, <laughs> that it is what it is, and you know, if you take pride in what you're doing, that's then only you're gonna get through it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, definitely. And uh, just to add on to it, I won't keep going on too much, but uh, it was something me and Ryde talked about in his recent interview with me. You know, it's just especially with entertainment, like how you're saying with this the careers that we're doing being an entertainer 
with mental health and everything, it is the worst because basically our career is pay attention mm-hmm. to me, pay attention to me, listen to what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> you know, like watch what we're doing. And if, like you're saying, if people aren't doing that, like you, it feels like shit. Like it really feels like crap. I remember when we were making Fugacious, I would think that I'm just like, are people actually going to watch this? I, no, really I mean, so. like, <laughs> man, who would have, like I said, I, I never thought I was going to be in entertainment. I never thought we'd be making a podcast or, you know, even even to photography or anything, but it's it's crazy. And like I said, it's what a journey it's going to be, what a journey it's been so far. So. Right. And uh, I mean, even though we come from immigrant families, yeah. you know, my parents found out about the podcast, try to keep it hush hush because, you know, who knows what they were going to think. And man, they were so supportive. They're just be careful what you say, be careful mm-hmm. what you post. Once it's out there, it's out there. You know, it's not going to get back. So. I'm the best on that because trust me, learn from me. I uh, oh, I got okay, too okay, woke yeah. this summer. Yeah, on my you, Instagram. So oh, that's one thing. Actually, man. before we do end the podcast, uh, you're pretty uh, active on posting and stuff, and uh, you you were pretty big on the BLM movement. <laughs> I mean, as a person of color, right, being black and stuff, of yeah, course, it's gonna hit home was... way harder than it is for right. people who aren't. Well, people who haven't even been in our situation at all, right? But uh, yeah, talk about it, man. Like, it was just um, like one thing I'll definitely say is like, I do regret the way I went about things and that I, the way I went about approaching things because, um, you know, there's a certain point where you have to step back and you have to realize certain things because, like, you see it a lot today with people posting and wanting to stand up for stuff definitely do it but know when to make yeah, sure what, you remind no, yourself you are not when you're posting crazy things like that you got to be prepared for the, the backlash <laughs> that comes with it, the responses <laughs> you have to be mad because i even bro like let me tell you like i would now I will I will tell anyone if you have if you guys have any friends that aren't listening to that advice like replay this for them I have nightmares like I'm not joking like I have little nightmares and I have fear of meeting friends of mine that I knew before quarantine because of the things I posted because of the things I was saying like I have a massive fear of meeting a lot yes, of good that? friends of mine because I'm just like they think I'm crazy <laughs> as fuck I know it for a fact <laughs> yeah like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and like, but uh, that being said, I don't regret like the essence of things right, that I was saying. I was angry for a lot of black folks. Like, it's like, it's a weird thing with quarantine because with everyday life, when a lot of stuff was going on it, and black people were getting killed, we had everyday life. So it's just like, it sucks, but it's just <laughs> like, well, you got to go to work tomorrow, you have to pay the bills. But then being Canadian, specifically not American, but specifically Canadian, receiving stimulus and staying in your house. So you have every reason to stay in your house and you're just watching this shit. You're literally just watching. It's in your face. And then I have friends that I thought were friends posting things. Oh, like, that's the act. It boils. (laughs) It boils the blood exactly and then the problem where i got in trouble i don't want to drop too much on it but like as it was a typical trend with covid marijuana and alcohol prices went up so that's all i'm gonna say 
you know, things were misconstrued uh, yeah. because of other things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you get what I'm dropping down, yeah. Sometimes yeah. the anger was a little too fueled. But, like, yeah, I, I, I literally deleted my Instagram, I think, in September for a whole month. Just to give it a clean sheet to be like, okay, that happened. But one thing, I think another reason why it was rough for me is because I didn't know what to say. Because as a journalist, I felt like I had the right voice. But then also, like, I didn't know what to say. I had so many opinions. I had so many thoughts. And I, some like, people were asking me to say something. And it, but that's, and that's just, the thing. is like I said, difficult. We <laughs> said this in the, in the two episodes ago. I think the biggest problem is, especially being Canadian and especially being, like, we do come from this background. We do come, you know, where racism has been huge in our families and all that. But we've grown up pretty sheltered, you know? So, we've, we like, we've had experiences for sure. I'm not going to play anybody past that. And I'm not saying that there's people who, who haven't, even people of cover who haven't. But the thing is, is we've been pretty sheltered in the way that we don't really see as much police brutality in front of our eyes in person as people in the States do. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we may be called the N-word, we may yeah. be called other things outside, right. but... You know, we're not in fear of our life every day living in states like Alabama and stuff, you know. So the thing the thing for us and, and people who post, they're not That's ready true. for people to mm-hmm. come at them who have had experiences, you know. Like I do I do security at night. I drive around all night. I work with the canine unit. And uh, so I'm not saying I'm law enforcement whatsoever, but like we do have to do things law enforcement does, right? And... I have friends who they want to be cops. I myself want yeah. to be an RCMP officer. But people ask me why. Like, that's such a... You're a person of color. Don't you think that's racist and all that? But I'm going to tell you what I tell them. I say, no. I want to be the cop who makes a difference. And I want to be the reason that people say, I like cops. Because I'm giving the voice to people who haven't had that voice. You know? And with that... It's, yeah, man. And like yeah, I said, especially a being a person of color, I never use my color thing, as a crutch. I'm I'm probably one of one of yeah. three drivers at my work who are person of color, and I can tell you right now, everybody knows who I am. Uh, the way I handle business, the way we handle interaction with people, not once have I ever been extremely physical with anybody. I don't even like to get physical, man. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have my coworkers on in a couple episodes, and they're gonna tell yeah. you like who they who they've been with me, who they've dealt with us, <laughs> and callouts and all that. They know. I, I'll say one thing, though, um, we, with that, because I, I'm totally on board with what you're saying. I'm just like, uh, don't like using your race as a crutch in general. Like, I, I, I've never thought of that as a noble thing to do, you know, and especially with everything going on. And like my stepdad is a cop. He, he's actually an intelligence agent now. He was a cop for a while, but he moved up with that so like i I totally get it and we have a great relationship he's a white cop wow. to begin with as well so that's even crazier but um yeah but then the one thing i will say though from the summer that i am happy was addressed though especially living here in edmonton is edmonton and i can say this having lived you know in another canadian city yeah uh, city Edmonton here, like out west out here, there's a lot of stuff that people aren't talking about. 
that definitely happens that I'm, I'm happy we're brought up. There's a lot of things that, you know, weren't said the way some people went about things, including myself. Yeah, of course. Like that's the thing with young people. It's just like, it's the same thing with when Vietnam happened. I'm pretty yeah. sure there were people then that were saying wacko shit that you're just yeah, like, okay, I, like, man, that's I, the thing where, like, I, I was pretty you know, <laughs> like, pro-cop and everything, not during yeah. the KLM matters, but you know, be like doing what I do now and interacting with EPS, mm. man. I can tell you, there's I've had some EPS members who are really nice to you, and some of them who, if it was up to them, that you'd be the one in cuffs, you know. Mm. So, oh yeah, I've I've even had situations where I was like approached by the police, and not in the sense of them just being like, "Oh, hey, we're checking on you," where I was doing something illegal. And I was given the grace of one being alive and them not even arresting or charging me, just saying, hey, okay, you can go. Yeah, there are those good people out there. There, there definitely are. I think the biggest thing that should have came out of it is it's not to convince people necessarily. And I think a lot of black people agree with this. It's not necessarily to convince people cops are horrible or anything, but to necessarily, but to say like, yo, like look at what's going on, like the deeper system of everything that is going on here, like the deeper bullshit that it is, like past the cops, like the lawmakers, all these guys were pointing. I remember one thing I posted that I actually still happy that I said, I, I'm not happy I said the first part with the first part was uh, fuck, the white patriarchy. <laughs> I'm not, not happy I said that, but yeah, it's a little much. It's a little much. I mean, I don't take it back necessarily. I mean, like in spirit, hell yeah, but you know, it's a little much, but uh exactly yeah like to look for job not good but uh what i said after is like i i don't know how you can be conservative and say you care about your country but then you elect racist sexist people as your leaders why does every conservative leader need to be a racist sexist person why can't they just be a normal person why can't it just be a like maybe a latina woman like andrew yang a bad guy he almost won you know like (laughs) exactly yeah you know what i mean like why can't we do that why can't you do that that's and right. i remember my mom is conservative that's the funny thing she's a black woman that's conservative i remember i caught her with that oh very rare and it's so funny when i tell people that because they're just like but you on mm-hmm. facebook and you say all this i'm like yep <laughs> yeah, i come from her and i've even asked her and she agreed with me i'm just like but why do y'all elect these crazy people because i don't think it should be a crazy thing to be of color and say that you're conservative or that, oh, I would like to be a cop. Like, I think that's even worse of someone to be like, oh, you're a person of color. You can't be a cop. I'm like, okay, because I'm a person of color, I'm literally cops because they kill us. Like, how more pressing is that? You know, <laughs> you know, like, I totally, like, I, I, I will still say a cab. Like, I'm not going to lie. I don't really person myself personally i don't like cops but i'm not gonna hate on somebody for wanting to be a cop you know what i mean that's yeah, your job you do what you gotta like, do like me, you know like but at the my same generation time group it's like yeah they're basically just like piggybacks sp- yeah like splurred out and like they don't do their research oh. but for, for me i'm more just like like i won't say my friend's name because you know privacy but when me and him mm. talk it's because we do our research before we start de- like uh, yeah. depicting on stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, that's what then you, you have, have to like do. these people like, you, posting you, you just their really stories have about how like this certain things happening in the world. 
but then they just don't look deeper into it. They think that just because I post it, like, like that that's that's all the information. Mm-hmm. And that's everything, and therefore I'm an activist. And dude, that's exactly wow, dude, like exactly up. what you're saying is the exact because I, I was one of those people, man. That's Both the exact reason. Up. <laughs> yeah, I grew up straight up. I, I I straight up. I grew up. That's why I deleted my Instagram. I, I, I was one of those people and I had to learn hard too because I looked back at some of the stuff and I was just like, what the hell was I saying? Some of the stuff I agreed with and I, I think I did help some people. Like I, I posted some stuff that I, I, I found and I did do my research some days. But yeah, like what you're saying about doing your research because you'll find that when you talk to a lot of people, like before all this happened, um, I have a few friends, they're musicians, you know, and one of them had a has a band and she went on like a small tour and I went with her. We oh yeah, Monday, like right? It's like Oof. small ass town, and it's like, yeah, it's like all these white people. I was like the only black person there, like literally the only black person there. And I was with a couple friends, and we were drunk. We were like on their on their tour bus, drinking and like going out and playing. And I would go with the band to go and drink more and stuff like that. And we ended up having a night. And there's like guys that were like, I'm pretty sure yeah, now looking like, back, we're KKK, crazy. Like, I'm just gonna put out there. <laughs> You're black. Don't go there. I'm not gonna say anything. Exactly. I will say this: the mayor, really nice guy, slept in his house. Really sweet guy. His daughter went to Vic there. with me. No, 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 no. I'm friends with her boyfriend. I hope. Oh my god. That got me. That's hilarious. No, no, that didn't happen. But I, I slept in his house. But um, there, yeah, I was like the only like black person. It's just like sometimes like those situations. You're just like, whew. Like out here, oh my god! I don't know. Sorry, I kind of <laughs> lost my place with that. It's not working. Like, you ready? You ready? I was really worried. That I was just um, like, honest, honestly, stunned me. <laughs> no, man. That's, that's, this is a this is a podcast. Man, that's all we do. But um, okay, so, yeah. no, honestly, like I said, I've I've come up with mm. people who you know they call themselves activists and they're spewing the wrong information. And again, recap for what we said on that podcast for you was if you're gonna put something on there, have the facts right. Because you're going to be up against people who, first of all, I supported, but I supported from the sidelines. You know, uh, I wasn't posting anything. You know, I talked about it with, yeah. with my white friends who just needed to like understand why it was happening. And even if they're racist or not, they, you know, they learned something and I learned something. You know, mm-hmm. they learned why we think like that, why they think like that. And you just if you're going to post, just be ready for someone to come at you. Because, like, for sure, that are, like... I mean, like, to add on to that is that, like, there's been, like, sometimes where, like, I think that, like, the fall of, like, hatred and, like, racism and stuff like that is because people are so secluded in their own opinion that they're blocked out and they don't want to see other people's opinion. And, and like, I've had, like... Oh, it's ignorance. Where, like, yeah, completely. Like, uh, are men and women and other genders... Have have put like a cab in their bio, but then like when they get talked to about it, and I'm not saying that all cops are bad because there are some cops that are actually great human beings, and like they can change the world, but they just don't get light shined upon them. 
because right. most of the times people just depict the bad yeah. stuff to people, and that I think that's just how the the world is going right now. Is that if you do something bad, you're gonna get put oh, on yeah, the spot like just for that, never the good. Yeah, yeah. cancel culture is even. I don't want to go yeah. too much on it because <laughs> because of cancel culture that I won't go too much into this because <laughs> I don't want to get canceled. But like even making the magazine when working on and choosing artists that was a hard thing for us because it was just like okay this person's really good we should totally highlight them i should totally interview them but i'm totally gonna get a lot of flack i don't think we're gonna be afraid of interviewing uh, you know you got it yeah but sometimes, you know what, to play devil's advocate, sometimes it is understood why. Like, there's certain people, like, I understood why, like, I'll never talk to them because I'm just like, yeah, no, it's because, you know, like, there's certain people, like, it makes sense. Yeah. But, like, cancel culture, man, it's like a, it's a weird virus because it just, it, it, it doesn't do its purpose, right? And I think it doesn't, like, I think in everything that it affects, it doesn't give it real justice. Because even a black person, like, for me, like, going to Vic, like, I was one of the only black kids there. There's a lot of times people try and cancel people for stuff about racism or whatever. And I'll be the one black guy. <laughs> that wasn't what? That wasn't racist. Like, I think y'all just mm-hmm. took it wrong. Like, that was what? What's going on here? Yeah, nah, <laughs> man. So, it, what a crazy time crazy. we live in, though, honestly. But um, you know what? This is your time, bro. This is your time to shout out whatever projects you're working on, whatever projects you want the people to check you out on. Uh, again, we'll drop your socials. We'll drop some stuff you want us to do it in the description. But this is your time to shout it out, man, and let it rip, man. Definitely. Yeah. Um. Just uh, check, make sure you're tuned in every Friday um, uh, for Ego Magazine, our releases. That's at ego.zine. I'll make sure I'll give it to you, these guys so they can put it in their description. We have interviews with local artists. Um, I do the interviews is, um, under Urban Zoo. Hey, maybe next my, time the, the uh, roles will be uh, Eli. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Yeah, if definitely. Yeah, maybe for, next time. That would be East nice. LA <laughs> be or some actually. Mexican gangster looking fellas, bro. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> I mean, oh man, uh, even that works. Even just to hang adding out. on to this, <laughs> we could possibly be uh, a little bit in your movies as a Mexican. Uh, you know, just Mexican stereotypical <laughs> guys. Yeah, we know what's up. Let's wait for a dude. I'm always, I love that you said that. Okay. I'm always looking for extras when I'm shooting stuff. Uh, that's another thing I'd like to add is uh, I'm not necessarily like promising anything, but I am shooting hey, we some stuff this summer, some, we get uh, <laughs> some projects. So, yeah, if you want to audition, if you'd like to be in, just hit me up. That includes you guys, like, especially. I would love, <laughs> I would love that. I never get extras. <laughs> I always have to beg people. <laughs> Well, listen up. Do it, do it. Oh, I yeah. swear to God. Yeah, yeah honestly. You never know well, it. You know what, man? Thank you for having us. Uh, thank you for having us. <laughs> thank I'm already. I'm already thinking about our interview. Yeah. No, no, man. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for you know talking with us and and, and spreading everything you have to say, man. You know, if everybody listening, uh, you just got the insiders for 
you know, being an actor, uh-huh. the struggles. We talked about BLM. He was big on the activism. So, you know what? We just want to thank you again, man. And, and you know, it's thank you taking your time out just to come chat with a couple randoms for an hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> so, uh, thanks, man. Definitely, everybody, check out his stuff. Check out his his movies that he's done before. We'll uh, link it in the description. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, guys, thanks for listening. <laughs>